So we may want to have someone, you know, come on because someone has something else to say about Carol every time she pop up. So mm. <laughs> I may need someone else on that episode <laughs> than just me. See what I'm saying? <laughs> did you see? so much nothing fun uh, that's unfortunate <laughs> <Okay. Let's> that. <laughs> it's just because of the gym <laughs> um, but hello everybody welcome back for another relaunch i am keenan what's up y'all i am lz how are you doing this weekend i'm good you know um this week went by really, really quickly. I've been like really busy. Um, and I'm going to be dog sitting for a friend of mine. Um, Ooh, shout out to my friend Rob, if you're listening out there. Um, I actually don't really know what kind of dog, but. I'm not sure I know what kind of dog it is. If, if you are listening to Rob, your dog is kind of particular. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be like spending the time with the dog and like being over there with it because I think that like it just needs the people. So dog okay. sit, you know. Got my locks up and my half up, half I down. Are you going are you going to read some comic books to the dog? Um, you know what? That actually will be nice because I'm probably gonna take that time to just like read comics and just chill out. So yeah. And with that, let's uh let's go ahead and get to the books of the week then. So first up on our list, we have Nightwing 34, and this comes from Tom Taylor and Robbie Rodriguez now. This is all you, brother. Tell me what's going on in the world of Dick Grayson. You know, one day, hopefully, we're going to get you to cross over into joining the Nightwing books because while you admitted that he is the greatest hero, <laughs> you don't really go up for him <laughs> like that. <laughs> but um, this issue was pretty good. We did lose uh, Bruno Redondo on this one, but he's going to be coming back. I think, I don't know if it was this issue or the issue after where there's going to be a, the entire issue is just like one long drawing is one big, mm. really cool. Like, a, like enough said issue? Kind of like that, yeah. Okay. And um, it's just like one continuous long thing. So I'm really excited for that. But this issue, we had Robert Rodriguez on art. And last issue, Dick Grayson had revealed to everybody, you know, he was basically the Bruce Wayne of Bloodhaven. And that, you know, he was going to use his wealth and distribute it amongst back to the people, and he was going to also save it as Nightwing. And he was this was his him setting his mark on Bloodhaven. This issue, um, we get him going out and you know saying to everyone, or at least is the inner monologue, which it's time to bring those back, <laughs> to be honest, because I think I that's why this has been really good. Uh, Tom Taylor really nails like Dick Grayson's voice in his head as he's like flipping through the streets and jumping across rooftops and stuff. And he's just saying, you know, I'm ready to take on Bloodhaven. I'm going to be the protector of these people. Mm -hmm. Then um, he gets a call from in his ear to meet him somewhere. And it's on his, like, the Oracle, the Oracle frequency. And mm -hmm. it says, like, it's been compromised. He knows there's, like, something's going crazy with Barbara. We get a Batman team up because uh, she wants him to meet him in Gotham. And he mm -hmm. gets to Gotham, him and Batman team up, and they have, like, a re rekindling. It's kind of cool. The action scenes and stuff feels very, like, you know, Batman yeah. and Rock. And um, we are leading into the magistrate is taking over in Gotham. Now, if anyone mm -hmm. remembers when we talked about Future State Nightwing, mm -hmm. and the Future State was a glimpse of the future, the magistrate was this, like, corporate authority that, like, took over in... Gotham. Yeah, I remember because they popped up in the uh, Catwoman Future State books also. 
Yeah, so I guess we're here now. <laughs> they have taken over Gotham, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Nightwing is like, what's going on here? Batman is like, yeah, the magistrate's here. Boom, taking over. They've been, like, fighting some magistrate guys because there's a curfew, I guess, or they are against vigilantes. So um, they are fighting. Again, they have that dynamic duo fight, fight which is cool to see. Um, Robbie Rodriguez's art is still pretty good. We've got some some really cool action stuff in here. The shot like of that name sounds familiar. I feel like he might have done some Spider Woman at one point in time. Probably. Actually, yeah, that name does sound familiar. Um, so they end up meeting at the spot where they were supposed to meet that uh, Nightwing got in his ear, and they mm-hmm. get there, and it's Barbara Gordon, and she says that the entire Oracle system has been compromised. And Nightwing is like, okay, well, I'm going to go out and, like, do my sleuthing thing and take care of this. And then we see Barbara Gordon turn around and say, no, I'm going to go out and help you. And she's in her Batgirl costume. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're not a fan of Barbara's Batgirl? It was just, I know that there's a lot of controversy around the killing joke and what happened with it and putting Babs in the wheelchair. But I do think a lot of writers, Gail Simone is one of them made Oracle into a very, very vital character. And, like, yeah. one that had a lot of heart in the story of Babs in the wheelchair is one that, like, resonates with a lot of other people who might be in wheelchairs. And so I think anytime she kind of goes back to Batgirl, it's like a regression. Especially when you have Cass, who has had, like, a much more well-received tenure as Batgirl, or even a Steph, who is just, like, the plucky one, the fun. Like, there's no reason for Barbara Gordon to be Batgirl anymore. Like, yeah. Um, I'm I'm hoping what's happening here is there's going to be some kind of story element that's going to make her become Oracle full time again because it's been very wishy washy. Like, um, after they tried to after they returned her legs to her like at the New Fifty Two like ten years ago or something like that, yeah. And they made her Batgirl again. Um, it was like. Didn't they? I think they said it was experimental technology or something that they had on her spine mm-hmm. that kept it in place. So basically, there was always a back door for them to use if they ever wanted to yeah. make her become Oracle again. So and it even seems the like Burnside stuff. That was I didn't like any of that. A, that was very much a <laughs> Stephanie Brown story. Okay. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was very much Barbara Gordon cosplaying as Stephanie Brown. Like her as Batgirl just doesn't make sense to me anymore. Yeah. So what I'm I'm getting the feeling that um, first of all people leave Tom Taylor alone. He's not the one that like gave, returned her legs to her. I've seen oh, people they attack they attacking him and <laughs> saying why is she walking again and he's like y'all I didn't I didn't like, but I have <laughs> I saw that they were a, a new Batgirls book was just announced with yeah, um, is writing it with Becky Cloonan writing so. And I'm, it looked like Barbara was going to be Oracle again. So I'm assuming something is going to be happening in these Nightwing issues where she's probably going to just be Nightwing again. Okay. What would you um What would you rate this issue? I mean, honestly, this issue got like a three out of five for me. I would have preferred to to stay a little bit more in Bloodhaven mm-hmm. right after he just announced he was going to be protecting Bloodhaven. But yeah. uh, whatever. Is it also the whole um. Bruce Nightwing like team up fighting together is that something that Nightwing fans still find exciting I mean because they do it all the time for me personally no like it looked cool then there's because like I kind of like the art but like it's not something I never really need like oh yeah remember them the dynamic duo they've done it already okay, okay. that makes sense so yeah okay next up on our list ooh a new number one ha 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 a very special new number one by the way actually it is Aquaman the becoming number one and this comes from Brandon Thomas Diego Ortega and we have colors from Adriano Lucas now did you pick this up I did <laughs> I did because <laughs> was about to change the conversation um, I, did. Yay. I did I'm very excited um you know just first it first... was only going to be out of support <laughs> but you know what I was actually really into this story you know, I will say you know just like really quick before you even get to the Shout issue out like, Jackson and his locks <laughs> as a personal point everybody knows like I don't, everybody knows Aquaman is like my favorite character everybody knows like my affinity for Jackson that world and it was just like buying this issue I got a little emotional 
I was just yeah, like, oh, wow, like, this is, like, here. This is, like, such a moment. Like, this little black gay boy is, like, becoming Aquaman. And he is in this book. And not only does he have his own little series coming out, but it's good. Very. It's I was actually kind of surprised. I was like, oh, this is actually, damn. Can I keep on winning? <laughs> um, so, you know, this issue starts out, we just, it, it's basically a big entry into meeting Jackson. We see him in his day-to-day life. He's training with Aquaman, obviously, to become Aquaman. I mean, yeah, he's training with Arthur to become Aquaman. Uh, we see his relationships with Mara, his mom, the people of Amnesty Bay, some of the people in Atlantis, um, how he's dating now. It was just great. He comes off likable. He comes off confident. Oh, my gosh. His 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 conversation with his mom when he came up from the surface after training with Arthur and whatever actually mm-hmm. kind of reminded me of the conversations I've had with my mom more recently. Um, like, once my mom came around to me being gay and shit and, like, mm-hmm. boys were, like, hitting on me, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> I was, like, oblivious to it. And she would be like, oh, look at this. Like, oh, that's nice. So I thought that was really nice to see. It's like such a great thing to see because his relationship with his mom has come a really long way. He and his mom obviously weren't like close when, yeah, they weren't close when he was created for the new 52 and brought back and like had the whole gay thing added on. They made it a point that his mom was kind of homophobic. She was like, no, I'm not here for this. But um, then, you know, he showed up in Titans. He kind of ran away from her. She told him about Black Manta and her being Zabellion. And then Kelly Sue, when she brought them into her Aquaman run, she started to, like, rebuild that relationship and, like, have them repair a lot of the hurt and stuff. So to have them here now and, like, <laughs> okay, it's been a journey. Uh, wow. Have, that's, why I be, that's why I be telling people, pick up the Aquaman books, baby. It's some good stuff going on in there. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, to have them there now and they're out, it would be out at dinner and like boys are hitting on him and she's like, okay, I also like the fact that she knew that the boy was like up to something because she up asked him, she's like, what you want with my son? Um, we see Jackson like kind of bonding with the Titans again, which is nice to see that call back there and that he has those friendships. Um, I really like the thing, the well that Aquaman was training him in in Atlantis again. Like, that was cool. <laughs> their own danger room and he has Jackson going through this like apocalypse scenario where he's trying to uh, get this crown and he's got to swim through acid water and he's got to go super fast and all this stuff like that like that was hot to see that training being gone it was this was just a really good first issue again Brandon Thomas wrote the future state Aquaman issues that featured Jackson so to have him coming back to the character it it felt right like mm-hmm. he is doing it like and I have seen so many. I also people. did also kind of uh, shout out to him for making sure that it showed that Jackson was single <laughs> in this run because I recall that didn't he have like a boyfriend or like some kind of Atlantean like something? So in the Kelly Sue Aquaman run, he did a mission where he went to Zebel and he like mm-hmm. met this boy there. And him and the boy like flirted and kissed and he gave him a communicator to be like, okay, we can talk in the future. Okay. So. Apparently well, he let the boy know he was leaving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but apparently that boy is supposed to show up in this miniseries again. Oh, um, okay. I saw, like, What's the, the artist where he was doing, like, some concept art. They always come back. Uh, <laughs> he was doing some concept art, and he showed the boy in there. So that's going to be fun to see. So I think it's going to be, like, a mission with uh, Jackson and Mara going to Zebel again. I also love, again, how they continue to bring up Jackson's Zebelian heritage and making sure that yeah. you know that like he's not specifically Atlantean he is from Zebel um, but he's like getting along with the Atlanteans perfectly fine which isn't something that always happens it's interesting because it's going to be a separate dynamic I feel like from Arthur and his Atlanteanness and like how that's always like his other half now you're going to have Jackson and Zebel and hopefully this just gets us more into Zebel because Zebel is cool for the people who Wait, don't know is, is, is Hydrokinesis like a Zebelian feat Yes, it is. Okay, because yeah. I know Tempest is also from Zebel. He's got that. The mom. So Jack. I mean, no, I know a little bit. <laughs> Zebel. Okay. And so that's where he gets all that from, and that's when she reveals it to him. His grandfather is actually like a famous poet or something in Zebel, also. Okay, I just it's noticed not- that like all of all of the people from Zebel can. Are also mm-hmm. hydrokinetic, so I wasn't sure if that was like a thing. Well, so Tempest actually isn't hydrokinetic. He controls. Oh, is it magic? He he has magic, but he controls the temperature of water. Oh. So he can make it like hot or freezing, because that. So there was like one of the times when the Titans fought um, 
Dr. Light. That's like what Tempest did. He was like, you know, there's water in your eyes. It's frozen now and you can't see. Oh, why? Hi. Yeah, so it's, it's, they got some good stuff going on. He's got his purple eyes and his magic. Um, but I thought this was a stellar first issue. Great action, great colors. It was, again, this is shaping up to be a definitive coming-of-age story for Jackson. Highly recommend yeah. it to anybody. It's only going to be, what, seven issues, I believe. So it's, like, perfect time to get into it. I can't wait to see where this goes. I'm excited to see, like, the mystery at the end. Uh, Jackson is trying to train in the well, and someone comes out and attacks him, and then they blow the spot up, and apparently he's attacked by all these Atlanteans at the end who says that he has created, uh, committed some crime against them. So he's obviously being set up. All the heroes get their classic setup story, so it'll be fun to see how this one goes. Four out of five for me. Yeah, I'm also going to give it a four out of five. I actually really enjoyed this. You know, I don't really read a lot of Aquaman books like that. I was really gotten into him actually with the New 52, I think, um, with Jeff Johns. Also run. a good time. He's one of the. It was a really. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> New 52 unscathed. So, he did. It was actually a really out. good run, and I liked it. Um, but Jackson was nowhere to be found in this. So like my only real introduction to him was some random panels I've seen of him during Brightest Day. And um, we were like reading him in that crossover and also just like Calderon from Young yeah, Justice. But these are also very two different characters. Yeah, I was about to say, I think anyone kind of going into this looking for Calderon should know that this is not that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm also very appreciative of how they've able, how they've managed to differentiate the two characters and make them both still very likable for different reasons. Mm hmm. Yeah. I also like how they explained them having two Aquamans. Like, you know, when he came up from Amnesty Bay, it was when he spoke to the uh, the cops that were trying to arrest that, the villain that was like <laughs> some random villain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like, oh, you know, Arthur is going to be down there. So, like, I'm the Aquaman for right now. And I like that they were, like, showing that the both of them can exist. And again, so the cop who he was talking to, also that's someone who was from Kelly Sue's run. So it's like, again, I love that Brandon is, while he's introducing us to Jackson, he's also still really building up on all of these things that already exist and all these characters and relationships that he's had. And he's just strengthening them, making them more important to him and like who he is as Aquaman and like his journey as Aquaman, how it's different from Arthur's. <sighs> excellent. It's excellent. Very into it. Yeah. Um, pick it up, everybody. Next up on our list is Moon Knight number three, and this comes from Jed McKay and Alessandro Capuccio with colors from Rachel Rosenberg. Now, um, I'm, I know you haven't picked this up yet. I'm not even going to ask. But I will say that, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. So the first two issues of this Moon Knight run, I thought they were fine, but I wasn't like completely sold on them. This one, though, issue number three, I'm here. You hooked I'm in now? Okay. I'm absolutely here. We have uh, Mark. He's just kind of he's back with his therapist. He's talking about some of the stuff that happened in the last issue with the guy who he drove crazy because he was. Shout uh, out to therapy. OK, it works. <laughs> OK. <laughs> so, you know, I might have a problem because I realize a lot of my favorite characters go to therapy quite often. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with going to therapy. We all need to or go. Or they need it. Or they need advocate it. for it. Um, <laughs> right. Some of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so he's with his therapist and he's just talking about like the guys and all the stuff, how he feels like somebody's coming after him. He's not sure what to do. He has uh, this little vampire girl who's been working at his midnight mission place. And she's like, you know, when we first met you, you killed two vampires and you found me and my friends in the back who were also vampires, but you didn't kill us. And he's like, well, I realized I made a mistake and like you guys should be able to live on your own and you're not dangerous, blah, blah, blah. But one of the friends of hers she he was attacked and he had like moon crescent darts all in his body and so she's like are you attacking us now and he's like well i'm pretty sure you already know it wasn't me but you still gotta ask and he's like i respect that about you so he's like he goes to go find out i don't know if you remember i told you earlier in the book he met a doctor and the doctor is also like a follower of Konshu. and so turns out this doctor was the one who attacked the vampire he's got on his own uh like kind of moon knight outfit uh, oh. I forget. Hold on. Let me. I'm gonna look up what he calls himself. He calls himself like Moon Fist or something like that. The the Dark Fist. It's <laughs> 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 something corny, but it like works. But then like they basically yeah. kind of just get into this long drawn out fight. Um, oh, Hunter's Moon. That's what he calls himself. Okay. Um, 
they get into this long fight, which is like drawn beautifully. You went back straight retro <laughs> with Dark <with> Fist. <laughs> moon, moon Punch or whatever. <laughs> moon Fist. <laughs> um, those be the one. Those, those be the ones that stick. They, they do. <laughs> the high days. Um, and so they get into this long fight, but like while they're fighting, uh, Hunter's Moon like makes a comment. He's like, you know, you fight like an animal. There's no beauty in it. He's like, what's going on? You're supposed to be one of Conchu's warriors. He didn't gift you with like the knowledge of all the previous Moon Knights that he's had or like all the previous avatars. Like you should be able to use all of those skills and like move a lot differently. And so Mark's like, no, all Conchu ever gave me back was my miserable life and like made me crazy. And <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Um, and so the guy, Hunter's Moon, kind of like beats him back a little bit and then he goes after the vampire kids. And so like when he's after them, he finds himself with all these people who Mark has started to befriend. And he's like, oh, look, he's already got his own congregation. He's like, what it is about him? But Moon Knight comes in real quick, beats him over the head with the bat. And it's a, it's a very hot scene. He's like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's like, right. don't mess people <laughs> i'm um, with it i'm about so that extra he's like you know i might not have like all the knowledge of all these other moon knights with me he's like but i have these people they are here don't mess with them he doesn't kill him he's like and that just lets you know that like he's like that's not who i am or what i do anymore he, he sends him on his way um and i think that's kind of what this was needing like just okay. to remind him I feel like there's just been a lot of everybody else and like we finally got a little bit more of Mark here and then we kind of built up on the story of actually Khonshu. We've always seen that there have been previous Moon Knights for the Moon Knight fans who read the books. Um, there have always been like previous avatars of Khonshu who have done other things. Um, but this whole not thinking that like they're connected, kind of like Avatar, The Last Airbender. You know, oh, okay, like, yes. You can kind of pull that knowledge and skill and stuff from them. Like having that aspect is something that's really cool. And I think it's, they've tried a lot of times to tie Moon Knight into the supernatural realm. And yeah. it doesn't always like come off the cleanest. I think this is the easiest way to do that. Okay. I've always yeah. just assumed he was tied to that realm, but I didn't know how it was like actually done because, you know, I don't. Do I mean, he, he, <laughs> like, he came in originally as a supernatural creature. I mean, character. And again, like the whole thing with Khonshu and the Avatar and bringing him back to life, like that was supposed to play a part in it. But a lot of writers tend to leave that out and they go more of the mercenary street guy, just like okay. kills people. He's crazy. It's brain damage. So they take him away from that. Um, but this was good. Again, I, I, I feel like it finally clicked with me. I'd give this a strong 3.5 out of 5. I feel like uh, the show's coming soon. It is. You keep winning. <laughs> you keep Get winning. Ready. I saw some some leaked. Uh, oh, I saw like that too. Stills, yeah. I like, <laughs> I like there were people complaining, but I was like, oh, that just lets me know you can have like my it. life because it's yeah. hot. It's hot. <laughs> I was like, he's like he wears what's an Egyptian god. What do you expect him to look like? Right. <laughs> I'm ready. That's all I'm saying. All right, next up on our list is The Death of Doctor Strange, number one, and this comes from Jed McKay and Lee Garbay with colors from Antonio Favela. Um, did you read this? Now you know. <laughs> I was not trying to read no magic. Well, I, I thought about getting it, though, because I heard some good things. And it's the... Don't like magic, y'all, but I feel like you all have been listening to this show long enough to know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, well, I picked this up. So I actually, I wasn't planning. To, no, I was always planning to pick this up. Let me not tell that lie. Because <laughs> I, I just want to see who the new Sorcerer, uh, Sorcerer Supreme is going to be. <laughs> yeah. But uh, this was this was like actually really good. Like, excellent. Okay. Like to the point where I feel like they should have been letting Jed McKay write Doctor Strange as soon as he got hired. Or like walked oh. in the Marvel door. Because I've always kind of found it hard to get into Doctor Strange. I think when they talk about him being the uh, Sorcerer Supreme and the protector of all magic, it gets kind of vague. Like, what does all magic mean? Like, is he uh, protecting magic of other cultures? Is he doing magic of just, like, other realms? Like, how does he determine, like, what works? It, it, it just never really works. Um, this is the first time I've ever felt like they've really let you know not only why Strange is the Sorcerer Supreme, but like what the Sorcerer Supreme does. Um, there's an entire page where he's uh, explaining to the Strange Academy kids 
about what he does and how he protects the barrier that stops all these magical realms from like merging into earth and like just destruction and all these bad things happening and i was like oh that's something that's so easy and simple and makes yeah. so much sense <laughs> and it's like why have i never heard this before why am i always hearing about like he's protecting magic like what does that mean because everybody has magic they got their own protector so it's like what is this uh social supreme really doing another interesting thing about this book was that he has gotten wait a minute Did they, is, that was the that was from the movie. Was that from the movie? Wasn't that the wasn't that explained in the movie? I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't really like the Doctor Strange movie, so I didn't pay attention to it. <laughs> because didn't they have like didn't they have well, Doctor Strange and uh Wong? Like Wong was showing him the different doors of the different dimensions and he showed that like how mad how like from where they were it like protected all of the magic like in the world or whatever and like the sorcerer supreme could connect to it all i think that's from the movie Child somebody out there correct me <laughs> sometimes what they do hey. what they do helps yeah <laughs> <laughs> um another interesting thing about this is uh dr Strange's gotten back into surgery um oh, and dope. so like he there's like a couple of pages narration boxes you just said it with the Nightwing series. This book is full of narration boxes. And when I tell you, I feel like so many books that we have been reading over the last few years, especially post-pandemic, or that we kind of felt like iffy on, it would have been greatly saved if they had narration boxes. Please bring narration boxes back. It is okay to have them. You yes. really get that like introspective. Hold my hand. <laughs> tell me what they think. Okay, <laughs> please. <laughs> Please tell me what they're thinking. Um, but he just like has this whole spot about like getting back into surgery and how he loves it, but also how he feels like he's a better surgeon now because he has been the Sorcerer Supreme and like he's had magic and he's like, yes, I have to save these lives. He's like, but I have another patient also. And that's like the magical world. Um, then, you know, we see a couple of cameos, Strange Academy kids, magic from the X-Men shows up. She's a teacher. Um, no, because some demons from Limbo have broken out and they're attacking the Academy. Well, because so, she doesn't control anything over there. And well, some sorry she's not a cop. Oh, uh, she should be a ruler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she can't be anything these days except for a bus. But nonetheless. <laughs> uh Doctor Strange like goes about his day after he helps magic fight off her demons. Uh, he goes to help some other magic people. He's chilling in his house, and then someone b breaks into the house. No, someone shows up to his door. He apparently knows who it is. We never see who the person who is, but they end up, like, attacking him and killing him. Oh. Um, they stab him, and, like, as he dies, there's this uh, narration, this page of, like, everybody kind of reacting. Everybody starts to feel like the barrier coming down, like something big has just happened. So we get like shots of like all the magic people. Yeah. Like even Thor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so then we get back to the Dr. Strange's house. We see like everyone's there. Bats is his ghost dog who like is one of the most enjoyable characters ever. Um, Dr. Voodoo's there. There's this girl who's been there. Wong, they all are over Strange's dead body. And then Mordo comes in. Oh. And Wong is automatically like, you did this. Did they did they make him look a little bit more like the no, movie? He's still very much a white man. Um, right. <laughs> and, you know, Wong immediately attacks him. And Mordo's like, look, I want a strange dead as much as anybody. He's like, but if I killed him, guarantee I'd be letting you know that I killed him. <laughs> he's like, I want to kill him. Um, he's like, I want to figure out who did this also. So as they're trying to do that, so throughout the issue, Doctor Strange has been talking about this guy who's basically trying to figure out a way to live forever. And Strange mentions how he was trying to do it also. He didn't figure it out. But when he was younger, he figured out a way to do something else. And so basically another version of himself that he created and was locked in stasis pops up. And this version was created specifically for if Strange died. And oh. so... When he comes out, he's like, okay, he's like, if I'm here, something bad is going on. Let's figure it out. And the issue is. Okay. So they're um, going to be, he's going to be figuring out his own murder? Basically. And I okay. guess, like, while they do that, we'll also figure out, like, who the new Sorcerer Supreme is going to be. And I think it was, I was originally thinking it was Clea, because um, throughout okay. the book, for those who don't know, Clea is Dr. Strange's girlfriend, and she uh, gets, like, He's looking at pictures of her and thinking about her a lot. She's the daughter of Dormammu, right? 
Yes. Oh, like the dark dimension or somebody. Or somebody. Somebody bad. She's like, yeah. And <laughs> he's like looking at pictures and stuff of her a lot. So I'm like, oh, Clea's about to pop back and she's going to be the new Sorcerer Supreme. But now kind of like as I'm thinking about it and I'm like going back through the issue as I talk about it, I think it might be this little girl who he's been like mentoring since the Jason Aaron. Oh. Oh, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. It's not going to be magic, though. That's fine. Um, I would give this. That's she. I would give this issue a. Catherine. Not so many people are those. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Captain and Sorcerer Supreme of Limbo. She's busy. But I would give this issue <laughs> a nice little. Um, I'd give this a 3.5 out of 5. I think it's a nice little okay. issue. I think for those who don't know Strange, this is a way to get into him. Um, again, I have never really felt like I understood what the purpose of the Sorcerer Supreme was until this issue. So shout out to Judd McKay for that. The art is good. Magic is fantastic. The act, not the character. Um, so. It's a lot of good things about this. Pick it up. I mean, I like. I'm really excited for the rest of this event, and I'm definitely going to be like. I might get some of the tie-ins also. Oh, so, it's got tie-ins too. Oh wait, yeah. no, wait. I think I might get the tie-ins because I think there's an X-Men tie-in. Um, the Death of Doctor Strange X-Men. They're like teaming up with Black Knight, right? Black Knight. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. I may pop I, yeah, in then too. I have to get that too, and I'm gonna get the Blade tie-in. Apparently, Strange Academy is tie-in. Strange Academy has been like a weird book for me because I never was sure if it was in canon or not. Um, uh-huh. But now that the characters are popping up all over these, all over the place, I guess it is. But it was always weird because you know Enchantress has two kids in that book. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, she got sons. That w- so. that would be so random. It is. One of the boys who's like talking to Strange, she like tells him that he feels like something's weird because he is Dormammu's son. And he's like, usually he can always feel what his dad is doing, but he's like, now he mm. doesn't feel anything. Which could be a result of um, our next book, Guardians of the Galaxy number 18, from Al Ewing mm. and Juan Fregari with Frederico Blee. And this was the last Annihilation finale and also the last issue of this series. Which I didn't know. So sad. I didn't know that either until um, basically seeing amongst the, you know, the cosmic community, everyone wondering if it was going to be canceled. But that had been kind of wondering, you know. (laughs) 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 We we talked with each other. And um, they had been wondering for a while, like, it hadn't been in any of the solicits past 18. So So, we uh, seen this was going to be the last one. Which is, which is a little upsetting to me. You know, Al Ewing, everybody knows this is an Al Ewing stand account. I think he writes great books, but I feel like a lot of times they can feel unfinished and because so many of his books get caught up in these tie-ins. Last Annihilation might have been like a tie-in created by the Guardian's books itself, but like I think about earlier, we had Empire, we had King in Black. I think about other books he's written, like uh, Ultimates and Captain America and Mighty Avengers and how they get wrapped up into things like Civil War II and Time Runs Out. And it's just like, please stop making this man write about other stuff. <laughs> Did that ever happen in um, The Immortal Hulk? No. That's Not why that. I was good. <laughs> that's that's okay. why I was good. And why I got to laugh. Let me look at that also. Um, but I know because that you I, picked I look back on this run and like, I think that this issue, obviously, everybody knows... I'm the cosmic guy, you know, I like this stuff. And uh, this issue was good and um, because it's out Ewing, but I will say this run as a whole was kind of underwhelming because this is now issue 18 and we only got to this part of the story that I liked where it was becoming like, you know, we're the guardians of the galaxy now. It's this big mm-hmm. team, rotating cast or whatever, we're going out doing and, and yeah. guarding the galaxy. That's just started in issue 13. So yeah. like <laughs> and it's and, and like that, that's all been about like last annihilation stuff pretty much. Um and, and so that means like everything before that was filled with like two tie-ins. I think Empire was one mm-hmm. and King and, Black. Uh, King and Black. So like he had a crossover with Sword. It's been kind of like underwhelming because he hasn't really got to like tell a full agreed cosmic story. And the cosmic side of Marvel right now is lacking. 
there's barely anything going on. I wouldn't know about that, but I know that I wanted more Star Lord stuff. So like I, I'm I'm still crossing my fingers that there's gonna be a Star Lord solo because Ewing like mm-hmm. re, Ewing basically reintroduced Peter Jason Quill to the world mm-hmm. and like got all the storyline stuff fixed up. He's added all these new powers. He's added all this new history. Um, and I was just gone. You know what? Maybe underwhelming isn't the right word because looking at this run in whole and as a whole, he did do a lot with it. He like revamped Star Lord mm-hmm. and um, reestablished the whole Gamora Nova that whole thing. Um, he had the you know, two moon dragons, the two moon dragons, and like also brought them back to the forefront and like fixed whatever kind of continuity issues they had. Um, and now they're just like a little happy married lesbian couple. Um, and Wiccan was involved in this, showed even more of uh, his man being like the king of space and all that kind of stuff. So there was a lot of stuff in it that was done. It was, he brought it, back Quasar, both Quasars. Yeah, like the, like found, the he Quasar found like a loophole to do that thing. So like, Although I feel like he didn't really like the girl Quasar. She She wasn't really like that big of a deal in this book, but um, yeah, like it it, it just really feels unfinished. And so like, it's kind of upsetting. I'm really hopeful that, I don't know, either maybe we'll get another relaunch of the Guardians book or he, again, I mean, I personally only care about. Another one though, because like, well, that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to say. Six hours. I really just want to They relaunch it again right now. Like, I actually don't care if the Guardians relaunches. I just want a Star-Lord solo book. I don't care about all these other people. <laughs> you know, with the way that the Guardians are now with the MCU, and I hate to say it, that, like, the MCU does influence the way comics go, mm-hmm. the Guardians are kind of ending. They might just do focus more on, like, a Star-Lord solo instead mm-hmm. of having to get this, you know, that that MCU iteration of the to. Guardians together. He's got a video two. game coming out soon. That's also T. Yeah. Are you are you excited for that? I am. <laughs> I am. And and then, I, like, I'm I'll, sure you are because it's literally it's you can only play a Star Lord. You can only play a Star Lord, but then no, like the uh Twitter account for it has been uh doing videos and stuff, and like the gameplay looks really good. They showed some mm. costumes. One of the costumes that you can get is like Star Lord's classic blue and white costume, and I love the way that suit looks. Yeah. I saw the little clip that they put out where they showed all of them changing into their different costumes, and I said, "Oh, they even put the most recent one with mm-hmm. his like uh, a little the, like the orange chevron <laughs> on his jacket." Yeah. And then they were saying how like you can, even though you don't necessarily play with the other characters, you can still control their actions and like what you do. You can still interact with them throughout the game. Like I saw uh, one clip of like Star Lord and Gamora jumping on the wall, and she's like throwing him up on the other side. I was like, "Oh yeah, this is gonna look. This is fine. It looks fine." Yeah. Um, so anyway, anyway, back to this issue. <laughs> I did think that like the issue was good overall. They pretty much had Doom cast a spell. He uses mm-hmm. Doom bot to like absorb some magic from Dormammu, um, and Rocket got a bunch of Mysterium from the X Men and Sword, and mm-hmm. they made this giant bullet, made a gun, shot Dormammu. They won, and yeah. that was pretty much the end of it. And iconic. Um, pretty iconic, you know. They also show that the there was that scroll cult that was shown in the beginning. Turns out mm-hmm. that Doom kind of helped orchestrate that because he needed some help getting that Dormammu magic because mm-hmm. a reckoning is coming. Which now, obviously, to me, that is, instantly makes me think of Fantastic Four: The Reckoning, which I'm assuming Doom will obviously take part in. It's doing. Magic is setting the tone for the girls right now, okay? What, what, it's what, really, would, you uh, be, what it's, would you guys be doing without us? It's, let me let I'm me go talk, about being peaceful. Let me go talk <laughs> to the supernatural community and see how they're doing because it's sounding mm. good on my end. Um, what would you rate this issue? Um, I really like the art and um, it was a solid finale, I guess, to the series. Um, although yeah. I still felt like it could have kept going, even though we just got started. But this yeah. issue, you know, was a solid finale for it. Um, I would give it like a a four out of five, three point five out of five. I think I'd go for a three point five. Like I agree, I think it was solid, but 
just because of the way things went, the run itself, the tie-ins, it feels a little unfinished. And so I feel like that takes away some of the enjoyment out of it because it's like, oh, now the book is over, but there's still so many other things that we haven't touched on or gotten to yet. So we'll see what the future holds with for the Guardians characters. Hopefully something good. Yeah. Mainly Star-Lord. Um, let's let's and, wake up that cosmic side. Oh, maybe he's going to get the keys to that. Maybe him and Kieran Gillen with, like, the Eternals or something are going to do... Even that, I feel like they've kind of been moving him more to the, like, magic side also. Like all I know, I know. The astrology, and then you got the, like, magicians. Yeah. Of- <laughs> Over there, that's fine. <laughs> um, and before we get to the last book on our list, you know, I do want to talk about, just shout out a couple of other things that came out this week. Uh, Game of Flight number five had its final issue also, another book that Al Ewan was writing with Chris Frazier. Um, Titania and Creel, that was a really nice ending. Um, X-Men Onslaught Revelations came out, written by Simon Spurrier and Bob Quinn. Um, I honestly didn't care for that issue. But I know it's getting a part two, so we'll wait to see how that does. My mood might change on that. Um, And then Catwoman 35 came out, and that's a brand B classic, who just announced that he's going to be leaving the book soon. Yeah, so that's going to be really sad. I won't have to read Catwoman anymore. Well, I might. I've kind of realized that I do like Catwoman a little bit. So we'll see how that She's goes. fine. I always figured yeah. she was in your brand. Yeah, she's she's hot. She's a hot girl. Mm-hmm. And our final book on our list is X-Men number three. And this comes from Jerry Duggan and Pepe Larraz. Mm. And I think David Curio did the Speaking cover. Speaking of hot girls. Your girl, your girl, your girl's clicking up. <laughs> yes. The girl is clicking up I will give it to you You know, this will always be a reminder That sometimes A little patience goes a long way If Marcy people Gossett. remember them Is on colors Yeah Marte Gracia, oh, I like him yeah. Yeah. He's dope Dream team um, Yeah, seriously, this is the dream team um, I Feel like, like I was just saying That you know, sometimes patience is very important you know, people remember when I first started this podcast with you, um, things were clicking down for me. <laughs> <laughs> they were clicking down for me. Mm. With, with, um, but you know, we're back up. We're back up. It takes a little. It takes a little time to hold it out, but we're back up. And uh, this issue, I don't even know if people remember when I did a panel on Exodus, or if it was my acolytes relaunched but i said that i wanted for the acolytes to face the um human evolutionary because i think mm-hmm. he's a fun villain and what are we getting in this the high human evolutionary. Ev- high evolutionary sorry uh, not human evolutionary because uh, I, mean, I don't know i don't really know he's kind of been weird to me all my life Although I will say that I reading this has made me realize that i do like the mad scientist Villain. It's, yeah, that trope villain. I don't like them if they're going to rely on clones, but if they're like, I don't know, using science to like make some new experimental thing, yeah, I like that. Because, again, it gives my hero something to fight. I can see that. That works for you. You, you like a lot of like super-powered characters, so that, that would yeah. make sense. Yeah, I need them to be able to punch something <laughs> or blast something. And you can't do that to every person. So, But we get into this issue, and um, the High Evolutionary appears, and he walks out with Luminos, which some people may remember is the, like, clone. I don't even wonder what to call her. But uh, the High Evolutionary created her with the powers of the Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. I was about to say, did she, did she popped up in, like, Uncanny Avengers, didn't she? That's when she was created. Like, okay. when her first appearance. I was looking at I was like, she looks very familiar, but I wasn't sure, and I was not going back to read Uncanny Adventure, so. No, that was not that great. So, <laughs> that was the time when they did the whole, oh, you're not only are you not mutants, you were, like, experimented on by the High Evolutionary. Yes, yes. So, and then they showed that, like, oh, I created the Maximoff twins, I also created this girl. And so this girl is back around now, and uh, we... Get into this conflict with a bunch of his like experimental creatures. I do get some funny parts with uh, Cyclops <laughs> getting into a headlock with one, and he's like, you know, mm-hmm. you're you're right where I want you. I thought that was really fun. Cyclops has had a really kind of fun 
showcasing here. He hasn't been like the very sad boy in the corner. He's living his best life. He is. Um, You know, I will say, though, great showcasing of powers for Sync in this issue. Yeah, I would say this series, I I I will honestly say this book so far has been like Sync's. I mean, kind of, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I see it yet. Uh, I like the powers. Yeah. Okay, well, I like the powers. <laughs> and I, honestly, he's, like, taking Rogue's spot. Because, like, they need to just Rogue did him. nothing. No. Why don't she, they just, like, permanently make like, powers? She literally, like, threw a punch. And then I don't think we saw her till the end of the issue. No. Yeah, so I feel like his spot, her spot's been taken now by Sink. Yeah. who can kind of do her powers more effectively. So I hope that, like, I don't know, they give her something else to do. We'll see. Otherwise, she's just going to be sitting there. But yeah, I really, like, enjoyed this issue. Third issue for me. Um, So, like, I don't, I'm not the kind of person where, like, everything needs to be, like, great right up front. I'm still, like, mm-hmm. riding along with the story. Um, The High Evolutionary wanted some of Sink's blood because he said that, you know, you guys have been doing these big things on Mars, like I just want to experiment or whatever and can prolong. He wants to do something that would get rid of humanity and like change them basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would stop all the fighting if he got some of Sync's blood and he got some of that and or Sync gave it to him anyway, actually. Um, so okay, that's obviously going to come back <laughs> and bite you because it always does. Um, and by the end of it, we see the original kind of villain, I can't remember his name right now, but he is being told about the, I'm sorry, no, it wasn't the villain, um, Gyrick, the reporter. Mm. Henry Gyrick is meeting up with someone who it doesn't show their face and gives him the tea on Cyclops, how look at his dead body, but you just mm. met with him the other day. I can't wait to see your story about Moon Resurrection. So, yeah, that part I thought was very like. <laughs> major news now. Yeah, I'm excited to see how that portion of the story rolls out. Like, that was really good for me. That's what I'm yeah. here for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I liked all of the, like, uh, team dynamics and stuff. I know that people, Jean fans anyway, are always, like, wanting her to be big and bombastic with her powers. But I think people have to realize that, like, sometimes there's power and subtlety. So, like, she was even on this ship, like, holding back all of the animals and containing a bomb <laughs> so yeah. i think that like and keeping the entire team like psychically linked up so sure there wasn't some big splash page of her deconstructing everybody but like i like She's the fine. subtleties in their powers and stuff so i think it's great i would have given this issue a 3.5 out of 5 for me agreed on all fronts um a lot of solid stuff there i do agree that the team dynamics are really fun to see and it's great it's interesting again rogue really wasn't there i think uh, Laura Wolverine is still kind of off. I yeah, feel like. she's not doing a lot. But uh, again, and I feel like the first three issues have really been the sync show. So I, my theory is still that this is going to be 12 issues or so, at least before 12 to 15, before we get some type of reboot. So we'll see how the rest of the team kind of comes in and makes their mark. But I'm enjoying it so far. It's a big superhero fanfare. Dugan does that very well. It looks great. Um, Beautiful, yeah. I'm here. The X Men are here. Shout out okay. to this uh, for Polaris being on this team because this is really like boosting her profile. So yeah, I love that. I see so much fan art of her now. I've never seen this so, uh, fan art of Polaris. Mm-hmm. Y'all weren't going up for my girl before. Y'all weren't down in the trenches from the beginning. <laughs> but I appreciate. Come on and join. There's green wigs in the back for everybody. Shout out to um, Leia Williams for bringing Polaris out of that dim light. We're not giving her any of that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Shout out to the fans for voting for her on the X Men. <laughs> All right. Well, those are the books of the week. Let's go ahead and take a break and then we'll come back for another panel. Let's do it. Girls be judging you when you're on camera, okay? That's true. That's very true. 
some of my friends who listen. They're like, oh, Keenan, you know, I'm listening to your podcast or I'm watching the YouTube video, specifically those who are watching the YouTube portion of it. And they'd be like, you look tired. And I'd be like, what? <laughs> they tried it. <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like, are you tired? Did you get enough sleep? I'd just be like, wow. Okay. I'm tired of this disrespect. That's what I'm tired of. <laughs> like, We're not talking for a few days now. <laughs> All right, y'all, welcome back to another relaunch. So this week, we won't be having a middle segment, a panel section, because we're going to be doing a little bit of some recalibrating here and some exciting new stuff coming out. We're going relaunching. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Um, We're going to be giving more like character discussions and diving into stuff. We noticed that uh, the listeners and just through feedback from you guys that People really like listening to us deep dive talk about characters a lot and um, doing specific kind of rereads and stuff. So we're going to like really try to get this organized and really showcase the kind of stuff that everybody likes to hear and like listen to. We're also going to really try to get more guests on the show, um, especially for specific characters, because, you know, child, (laughs) we aren't the biggest fans of all of them. So we may want to have someone, you know come on because someone has something else to say about carol every time she pop up so <laughs> mm. i may need someone else on that episode <laughs> than just me see what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> see <laughs> did you oh, see no. people talking about her in um what if <laughs> she didn't even do anything well in this time it's brie larson but like Poor Brie Larson. <laughs> they really did. Like, well, no, I think she's a great Carol, personally. She, she really is. Likes... <laughs> <laughs> I don't I disagree with you there. <laughs> I think she's great. She don't bother nobody. She be in her own corner, not bothering us all. So. Now. So, exactly. So, I think that we're definitely going to need some some extra guests or something on those episodes. So we're definitely going to be reaching out to people to see who can kind of come on as well as getting more creators and everything on. Cause we definitely want to showcase um, all of the talent out there that we see and we want comics to be great because we love it. So yeah, yeah we're going to be doing some really dope stuff, some debates coming up um, this month. We'll be definitely be having our first one. Um, some fun characters we'll see. We'll be debating um, both on Twitter with Twitter Spaces, so as you guys can kind of chime in and listen to how we <laughs> are debating these two characters, we'll have a judge to kind of like keep everything fun, <laughs> and you know, you know, we keep everything fun and shady. So the fun, the first one should be a lot of fun um, debating these characters on who would win. You know, we see those who would win tweets and debates and stuff all the time. So there's a lot of fun to kind of get into. So mm-hmm. and I you have know. my hands on who I think would win, and I'm sure Keenan has his, and I know y'all have them too, so, like, can't wait to get into it with y'all. It's gonna be a good time. I mean, my character's gonna win for the debate portion mm. of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Call me Iska, because I don't lose. It's, I mean, we get to that Betsy and Polaris one, and it's... I don't know. <laughs> I know it's light work. <laughs> it's light work, you know. It's easy. <laughs> Remember when she killed Magneto? That was a moment. That must have been a long time ago, since was. that was when she was using her powers. I do miss when she used her powers. <laughs> but you know, and it's crazy because I was I was like going back through Excalibur the other day, and I was just like, you know. I realized there's a lot of little quiet character moments in there, but I was like, you really would not know that any of these characters have abilities because they rarely ever use them. I think Betsy has genuinely used her telekinesis twice. Once when she lifted Rogue up when they were getting attacked um, on the boat, and then once when she used it to like smack Jamie in the head. That don't even count. And I was just like, wow. And I was just like, but then I also thought about it. they don't really fight in Excalibur like that. That's also well. They should, but they don't. No. They should. They, it seems like the, sometimes there's fighting going on around them, right? They are in skirmishes and stuff. 
there's yeah, there's like big skirmishes, like big splash pages of them like doing stuff, but it, we don't have like any intricate like one on one battles or like long form like fights that are happening. Which man, I just miss those in comics in general. Like everybody knows I'm an action girl. I don't mm-hmm. hide that in the slightest. Um, but not every comic writer writes action very well. Um, yeah. And then you do have some who can write it well, but like every artist can't convey it that great. Um, and that's one of the things I kind of think Excalibur suffered from that little like action piece is like really missing from it to like ramp it up and get you excited for it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see them do that. But I mean, how are you going to be a Batsy book and not have no action in it? <laughs> it's crazy because you know a lot, a lot of people have asked they're like oh they thought betsy like lost her fighting abilities when she got back to her original body but i was like no she's been fighting the whole time she was fighting and disassembled she was fighting in the age of x-man like that was the whole point of the pink suit it was like the combination of the fighter girl back in her og body um even here in excalibur like she again she's gotten in some skirmishes where she's like sword fighting and things like that so she has to have some type of skill but I don't know. The line's relaunching soon, so maybe the we'll lines are relaunching soon. Um, <laughs> it, it may be relaunching too over at uh, Marvel. Did you see that? Like, there was this big lawsuit coming out that a lot of the uh, the heirs of the characters creators mm-hmm. were able to like put in to have their rights returned back to the estates. Um, so like Ditko's estate did it. I think Lee Stanley's estate also was in it. So like Doctor Strange and the Fantastic Four, or some of the X-Men. Spider-Man. Spider-Man would go back, the rights anyway, would no longer be owned by Marvel as work for hire. They would go back to the original creators and like their estates if they are no longer alive. So personally, give it to them. <laughs> I'm always, of course. If there's one thing we're always going to agree on, it's like the creators and like the people who have like made these characters and these stories that we love, like deserve their flowers and their money. Absolutely. And, like, and that's the only thing that would happen money. from them winning this case. Like, legally, all that would happen is they own the rights to, let's say Dicko gets it, now he gets the rights to Spider-Man. You mean to tell me he's going to tell them, like, no, if they ask him to use it for a movie to like, pay him, like, make millions of dollars? <laughs> no. Or I saw people being, movie. like, kind of upset or, like, scared that, like, oh, this is the end of it all, but, like, Come on, y'all. All they're asking is like, hey, instead of like the $200 you gave me when I created this character and like maybe the few thousand dollars of residuals I get, I would like a little bit more. Who was it? I forgot which just creator. A thank you at the credit scroll at the end of the movie that made you a billion dollars. A thank you and a, a $2,000 check. <laughs> but it's a movie that just made you over a billion dollars. Wow. For a story that I wrote. Or a character that I created. Or that, like, All my dad the, My head, yes. <laughs> Baby. Yeah, give mm-hmm. them their thing. Give them their coins. And hopefully, I mean, and, you know, heaven forbid if something happens and they don't win, at least it might give the big two a kick in the pants to really start to, like, pay these creators what they deserve and give them their worth and give them what they need. Because, again, they deserve it. These stories, I've been reading comic books since I was eight years old. And some of the things that I have seen, created, and come across my mind have been blown. They deserve it. They deserve it. And a lot of these stories have, like, impacted me so much in my life, and I'm sure others as well. And, like, so just give them give them what they owed. <laughs> I mean, come on. Give I mean, honestly, like, Infinity War made how much money? Wow. <laughs> you know, Endgame made how much money? Like, give the person that created Thanos, like, mm-hmm. a cut. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine? Let me go create somebody really fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> because that's where the money is, baby. Exactly. Well, hey, you never know. You could be creating something, and that's great. Just got to put it out there. But I think that, like... <laughs> exactly. I think that... um we're getting ready to enter some exciting times, both like on the comic side and over here at AR. So thanks everybody for like, sticking with us, laughing <laughs> with us, and, and really enjoying this comic book stuff. It's been a wild year. Like now we've been doing this now for a year, which is wild that time flew by like that. Um, 52 episodes. Mm-hmm. 53? Is this 53? It's 53, yeah. So this is Iconic. like. Iconic. <laughs> <laughs> legends in the making 
All right. Um, let's get about it. You can check us out on um, Twitter at Another Relaunch. You can also find us on Instagram at Another Relaunch, as well as on YouTube if you want to watch it, Another Relaunch TV. You can find me on any social media platform that I'm on at LZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lanch. You know there's an underscore at the end. Oh. All right, y'all, let's get up out of here. All right. Thank mm-hmm. you.